Welcome to the family with our special guest. This is, uh, you know, this is unbelievable. I feel like we have uh, not like a Frank and Jerry relationship. Frank and Jerry? No, I meant Dean and Jerry. Dean and Jerry. Right. Frank and Jerry. Frank and Sammy Frank tolerated Davis. Jerry. Yeah, in a way. Yes, I think that, yeah. And then Rickles would say, I got to be nice to Frank because I haven't seen an ant in New Jersey in a couple of years. <laughs> Well, you know, that'll happen. I did love it when he went up. Anyway, we'll, we'll go to break and then we'll come we back. We don't want to digress. Oh, we're going to break. You were just introducing me. Yes. I mean, nobody told me I didn't have a shot during the first segment to, to <laughs> kill. What's up with these freeways? More like uh, you have to pay gas. <laughs> we'll be back right after this with the family. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer Way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book Excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. The price of cigarettes is now only five cents. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Buy low, sell high. I told you that. I don't know if I told you that. Because I've seen you, it seems like I've been on four of your shows in the last 38 hours. You're keeping me at a, uh, I think that's in a true. cabin. You're keeping me in a cabin. I am. It's true. You can't buy, uh, not that I would buy rolling papers, but I have a friend who's very sick and needs medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. And so I volunteered. Nothing to do with me. He's almost dead because he doesn't have enough medical marijuana. <laughs> so I volunteered. They don't sell rolling paper at a convenience store anymore. They don't? No. And I, didn't I said, know that. I said, look, you got cigarettes right there. He goes, we can only sell unflavored cigarettes, which I don't even know the, what that category means. That means no menthol. But and then they show yeah. me a thing, a whole sheet of paper about uh, 
they passed a different law. Then I had to go to the liquor store. And then ironically, because I make jokes about it, I ended up buying it at Sex World. <laughs> you mean downtown Minneapolis? I, this is an absolute true story. I went to the first convenience store. I, ha- I had a banana. I had a soft drink. About a block away from there. I know no, right then, where you were. Right, and then they said, go to so the, the liquor store. And the liquor store said, well, we don't have it. So I literally at 8.30 in the morning walked into the sex world with a banana and a, <laughs> and a, and a soft drink. I was, up, I was the, the world's first Per, you know, it's my first trip to the sex toy shop. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, bring the banana in there. <laughs> but I didn't know. I all these years I've been doing that joke that I love Sex World, but because I'm from California, I prefer the original Sex Land. <laughs> I've been doing that joke. What are the odds, though, that I would end up in that in store? World. And I didn't well, know true. it was a. I thought it was a. People were naked or something. There was a world of sex in there. I, you know, are there parts like They that? sell things. Huh? Are there parts like that? I don't know. They have like a peep show room. I oh, think. they do? Yeah. With live performers? Yeah, it's uh, been a long time since I've been in there. I don't want to watch anybody play hide the banana. I don't know. Like, tied in the banana. Hide the, no. <laughs> and the, I think, the, I don't know if it's worse that I had the banana in my hand and looked around and stuck it in my pocket before <laughs> I went in. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. This had a banana in your pocket? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes it, it is. It is a banana. This was literally the first time I had an interesting anecdote happen to me. <laughs> well, it, because I have interesting things happen to me, but when I retell them, they don't, they don't uh, work. But this one just, it was like it came from God to me. <laughs> To walk into it a bit, and also that early in the morning going into sex world, it just doesn't look good with or without a banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I okay, quick story about about sex world. You can give me a long story. <laughs> Two friends of mine are driving down the road, and one of them says, and "I don't want to use their name, so I'll just say Bill and Tim." So Tim's driving, and Bill says, "Hey, I want to go to sex world." He goes, I'm not going to sex world. He goes, I just want to, I want to go. I've never been in there. I want to go to sex world. He goes, I'm, I don't want to go to sex world. He goes, look, just do me a favor. I've never been there. We'll go in. We'll just stay a few minutes. I just want to look around and we'll leave. Right? <laughs> and he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. So Tim finds a parking space. They go into sex world. There's right, Apparently there's a big room in the front where you, where you come in. There's a big entry yeah, area. Yeah, there's a big entry area and with various. Like machines or something. Well, I, I, was, I was so trying not to focus on anything. But it, <laughs> well, there you go. but it does seem like there's a whole bunch of stuff there. So they walk in. Uh, the door closes behind Bill, and he lets this huge fart and runs oh. out the door. Oh. So basically oh he was trying to tee up his body, and it worked <laughs> like a charm. I mean, they, and by the way, these guys were about 40, so they right. were not like teenage boys having fun. No, no there was very little <laughs> maturity going on here. I've never, no, I've never been in sex. I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a, uh, what do they call it, sex shops? Well, I don't know what they call, I didn't know, I think it's called a sex shop because I have been trying to get this joke to work and it won't work and the joke is, well, that's how it doesn't work. I think my execution's poor. But uh, <laughs> the joke is, because uh, it's a choice. I was in a sex shop a couple of weeks, months ago and it's, you know, it's not like I was buying a sex toy. It was really humiliating. I was doing a stand-up show, which is true. <laughs> stand-up show. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough for the comedy club. It's what I've always said. But uh, so, you know, nobody who's browsing edible underwear wants to hear your show. Right. But the only thing I lie about that is that people do enjoy the show. 
in the sex shop. They do? Yeah, it's called the pleasure chest. And they have the chairs. Pleasure chest, They have the chairs set up. Sure. And it is a- absolutely works, which just shows either that uh, stand-up is not the, ho- the high art form. I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> or or uh, it's a very definitely a low art form that can go anywhere. You put it in a bowling alley. I th- my choice true. was the same. That's true. <laughs> Either so, way, you're, yeah. Sex no shop, bowling alley, wherever. Yeah. I did like your, your did you talk to Brandon about this? He wants all the chairs in, in, at Acme taken except for 13 of them. So then he can tell everybody he sold it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, yes, what I'm doing is, like what I do at the Improv, you could do it here at this club, uh, Acme, is uh, in the Improv, they, put cur- they have curtains. So like when there's a small crowd... People think, oh, I'm in a very small club all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> wow, this is, pa- this is packed. So what I'm thinking about doing is just bringing my own curtains, and then people <laughs> think it's a 13-seat you know, room. I like and it. And sold out, adding shows every minute. Because we're sold out of the next 13-seat show. I think that's fun. <laughs> the next 13-seat show. I'm sorry, sir, you have a date. We only have 13 seats, <laughs> and 12 of them are taken. So I don't know why. It, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it doesn't matter that Kevin Hart is a multimillionaire. Sure. I mean, these sure. things. I'm not someone who's subjected to envy. I, did, I haven't been doing high-fiving. Shot. I haven't had a shot in Freud a party every day since Louis C.K.'s career crumbled. <laughs> that's not me. I don't. Re- I don't revel in that. Schadenfreude is a great is the greatest word. Schadenfreude. For yeah, yeah uh, the idea that you 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 uh, celebrate other people's misfortunes. Mm-hmm. I think every, I think, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not some <laughs> kind of a monster. I hope not, because I'm sitting right next to you. I know, but I have been. I am obsessed with true crime things now. But everybody is. Yeah. Everybody's. This really is, I'm the last big. person to get. I was like the last person to get into it. <laughs> so because now you're uh, big into it. Yeah, because of OC because of the OCD. Uh, and if anybody needs an OCD tip, uh, podcasts are perfect. Because let's say I'm shopping, I have a podcast. I can focus on that instead of worrying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. It sucks up the part of your mind that's compulsive. That's good. And it really, really works. But then I've gotten so far in because there's a guy, I got into this guy, Case File, True Crime, and he's like uh, from Australia, and he just like reads like an hour and a half recounting of all these killings. So, and it's, it's unbelievable, but I, I'm getting oversaturated. Wait a minute, a second. So he reads about the crime? No, he, I think he, he doesn't, no, no, I said it wrong. I think he, he thoroughly researches, and he has writers, and he ends up writing a, uh, you know, a vis, uh, audio, I can't talk, a vocal. He vocalizes it, but it's written, he's reading what he's written. Really? Right, yeah. And it's compelling. Because he just tells it, and he has all the facts, and then he does these uh, commercials. So I'm working on uh, Josh Elvis Weinstein does does his a great impression of. So here's uh, me working on that impression because he does commercials, and he says, "They he they 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 look like dress pants. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they they look like dress pants, but they aren't." <laughs> the yoga pants. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm fascinated with with all the podcasts sell. I mean, we have a podcast, but we don't sell anything. You don't? No, it's called uh, Thought Spiral. It's just me and Josh Elvis Weinstein talking. You guys are the best, both. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see him enough either. I know. I don't know why can't we? Why am I? Don't I move here? And uh, make Good even idea. less opportunities for myself than yeah, I currently sure, have. Sure, sure. Although Hollywood, like I told you, they love me now as I'm aging. Oh my God! Well, that's that's a good a very thing. exciting to them. Can you make it older? They always say to me, 
when I pitch something? Can you pitch it for older people? I'm being sarcastic. If anybody is wondering, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying age is not good in Hollywood. But let me ask you a question about that. Yeah, don't you think that they should wise up as far as television is concerned, and realize that no young people watch television? Right. So why don't they aim all their programming at older people anyway? Well, here's the thing: it's all about a fear of death. I've, I've, yeah, been, I've, been, th- I've yeah. been informed I'm going to die. So it's like, th- that's separate. I want to be able to go out in my 80s, and I want to be able to play murder, the, you know, the guest villain on the remake of Murder, She Wrote. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And am I, is it, have I wandered into a tragedy studio of some kind? I've, th- where's my usual? I, I don't feel any anything here. <laughs> Except for me. Yeah, yes, you, you. But what, you know, there's other people. This is what the problem is with the kids today. Yeah, we're playing. <laughs> this guy, yeah, like someone's playing Parcheesi over here. Uh, someone's trying to download Candy Crush, the uh, premium edition. Premium. Candy, and they're all on their phones. Oh, I'm no, on my I'm phone editing. Too. I am listening, but I am editing. I'm not even listening to what I'm saying. I'm watching Wimbledon on my phone. <laughs> That's true. That's a hell of a position to be in to complain. You're watching Wimbledon. What'd you say? I just missed that last thing. <laughs> just hold on. Hold on. I'm going to try what? and get this back. Isn't uh, that Boris Becker thing sad? No. You I saw, don't you see it? No, what happened? You know Boris Becker. I do. I used to make jokes about him. I hope he's alive. No, he's still alive, but apparently he is so broke that he had to sell all his trophies. And the no, you're not billion. being. You're talking about beyond Borg. But they said Boris Becker in the paper. Oh, it's, I love the way. Does anybody have any reference? Does anyone have reference? First of all, I love when you have five people. Around you, and no one's no one's leaping to look it up. You know what I'm saying? No, if I was right on your now. team, I don't know what it pays, but put I me know. on your team, and I'll be in here. Yes, yes, yes. Let me see that one. Boris <laughs> Becker, Beyond Borg had to sell all this stuff, but I guess yeah, could be- it's Boris Becker, seven hundred thousand pounds. Wow. Well, I thought he's always doing commentary, and he's always yeah, working. I, don't know if I thought. He's- Dying or what? Oh. I don't know why you would sell seven hundred thousand pounds of memorabilia unless apparently he's deeply in debt. Oh yeah, he was. He went bankrupt somehow. This is why I've never made a lot of money or success. Been successful. You know what I'm saying? I don't need the the, tra- the pressure. <laughs> if Boris Becker, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, if he's having problems, why should I try? Is what I'm saying. Jesus, 150,000 pounds for a replica of the trophy he won in 1989. That's Not even the real trophy. Mm. That's ridiculous. I could make a replica of that trophy. Well, For a lot less than a buck and a half. <laughs> it, no, it's just interesting that you say that because it, it was years ago that Bjorn Borg tried yeah. to sell his stuff yeah, and did. McEnroe bought his stuff back hmm. for, oh, for him. Yeah, that. and other people got funds together. That. Because Borg walked away from the sport like at, I think, 26 years old. Yeah. And we'll be back with more Jewish people trying to recall <laughs> facts about tennis. People, look, people, I look over there. Everyone looks over there. Why I look at you. I just stare at you. Me and you are mishpacha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is like the least Jewish the room mishpacha. except for us two. That's very true. Right here. It's absolutely right. I'm schwitzing from all the rejection. <laughs> you looked over there and I thought, does anything know the clock? No, I do know it's a clock. It did take me about 20, 30 minutes to figure no, out. No, no, not that you know that it's a clock, that you know that it's it, 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes. No, I knew great. it was changing, but I thought it was one of the, you know, they had the debt, debt clock, which I used to love. Oh, I don't mm. like the debt clock. I, that used to, and then the other one that was really cheery was the cigarette people dying clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I, oh, if, you, if, you, if you're in a traffic jam and you had to stay at the light twice, boom, 80 people died. 
the true story. <laughs> uh, we were just in, Catherine and I were just over in Europe, Western Europe. Uh, Did you get any chocolate over there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the chocolate grapes. is very good. Though. Oh, it's really, yeah. really quite tasty. Well, hope you brought some back. Uh, we got lucky apparently. Thank, thank goodness, because it's going to be, you've heard about the big shortage of the Swiss chocolate. This is a true story. So they have cigarette machines in Germany still. There are cigarette machines everywhere. That's pretty, pretty. I don't want to say cool, but it's something. I have not seen a cigarette machine in years. There's one big difference between the, the German cigarette machines and what I remember as cigarette machines when I was a kid. Now on the machine... There are pictures of people whose faces have oh, rotted yeah. off from smoking. Oh, man. They're in a wheelchair and they're like, uh. <laughs> right? And and they there's a big banner: smoking kills. Like, yeah. Why would you buy that? <laughs> right. Great yeah, but you know the thing yeah. is, I guess we can say that our optimistic view of what happened with cigarettes was uh, maybe we didn't think a little bit. Because it looked so great in the old movies. Oh, in the old you know, movies. I mean, oh it was God. healthy. The doctors were all saying. They, they did say healthy, have yeah. it if you want to relax. And Humphrey yep. Bogart. And, yep. And somehow but, the idea of inhaling massive clouds of, you know, burning paper and tobacco. Just, <laughs> yeah. That never occurred to them that it might be bad for your lungs. I don't know. If, I think for hundreds of years they never thought about it, right? People have been smoking right, yeah. for like that. You know, I know I would have been smoking, you know, as a, when I was a caveman. What are you going to do? <laughs> true. Plus, they only lived to be like 27. Exactly. They? What do you, what do you, yeah. you know, relax. You're going to die from a saber-toothed tiger attack anyway, so lung cancers, you don't have to worry about True. That. In fact, the reason why I am so screwed up uh, with the OCD is because that goes all the way back to the caveman days. It's fight, flight, or freeze. And so when you have OCD, that's all you do all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're talking about me now. You have OCD too? Uh, I, I, do you no, think? you don't. No, I don't. What do I have? I have something. A lot of stuff. You have a lot of uh, zets? <laughs> he goes, uh, you have a lot of stuff. My own you stuff. Got, I, I don't, you know, this relationship right here is why I love it. I love it. There's, there's, there's a, there's, a, it's just like he, 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 he keeps you in your place in a certain way, right? That's my son, so son to father. Not yes. often, not often. Okay, well, I predicted that, but secretly, <laughs> secretly when he's not around, you're seething, right? <laughs> exactly. We'll take a break. Be right back in two minutes more with Andy with the Kendall. family, with the whole family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, 
and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Not very smart. It's a good strategy. She's great on this strategy. Well, especially if you're like redirecting funds to her husband's businesses and so on. Well, you don't know she does that? No, no, no. I can't. I can't have any heroes. All of a sudden, everyone. No, 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 no. It's fine to have you. My heroes are Al Capone. So, you know. Well, I thought that was what's her name? Oh, they all do it. (laughs) Name somebody who doesn't do that. No, what shovels me in. No, no, no. I'm talking about politicians. I have. Well, you, were and, uh, you were? I first came in and they offered you money to play. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot. Could you please play my favorite uh, Kindler kind of Christmas? Yes, I'll play it for you. No problem. You know, there's a great uh, podcast ad about that whole thing. I had no idea about that whole, like, who was the guy who came up with the word? Freed? Alan Freed? Oh, Alan Alley. Freed, yeah. Yeah, just how the whole thing... Everybody got. I mean, his career, his rock career, and, roll and, and all that. Yeah, and just I, how much money was involved with it, and, oh, and how God. much money continued to be involved with it. My favorite is the Mar- Maurice uh, Levy story. Yeah, Maurice Levy, God brings in Tommy James, Roulette Records, right? And he brings in Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, and they release uh, what is it? Why do fools fall in love? I think that's the name of the song. Big hit, but the first pressing was written by Frankie Lyman. Second pressing was written by Frankie Lyman and Morris Levy. Right. Third pressing, written by Morris Levy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was like a... Oh, God, they were so He's in this podcast. This podcast is all about him. It's all about him and Alan Freed. uh, Really? Because in certain ways, Morris Levy was like he he hired black acts when nobody else did. Yeah, that's true. But but when it came to this greed side or the uh, money side... So basically what you just said is that Morris Levy thought he could sucker black people out of money. That's what you're saying. And and not only that, <laughs> he made, uh, it's always got to be a Jewish name, right? And then Morris people think, Levy. Yeah, so it's like people think I'm going to take advantage of them. Well, your real sudden. name is Muttle. Listen, sign a release, Tom. <laughs> Look, I'm willing to give you my appearance here. I've got a license my appearance here. Yes. That's yes. not a problem. That's, I understand that completely. <laughs> no. It's 20, 20 minutes. This is why I have ADD. Just we should probably there. not let you sit there next time. <laughs> you, can't see, you can't see the clock. I like the colors, though, really. Uh-oh. There's blue and there's red and there's Oh, okay, black. maybe one more color would be good. One more color? Yeah, like something purple, something mauve. Yeah, and I then there's mauve. Come on, everybody. Who doesn't like puns? I like, I've always liked puns. And the song parody is from the 80s? And then uh, there's yeah. mauve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could throw that in there and go back. It'd be unbelievable. I don't think there's any question about that. This comic used to go, Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops, one of the five food groups. <laughs> <laughs> really? See? Because of laughs like that. 
He was able to have a career. <laughs> I have never interviewed someone before who's watching tennis while I'm interviewing them. I'm not really watching it. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have it right there. Who's winning? Uh, Federer is up is up a break a break in this uh, in this set. I can't even look at it. Why not? Because I don't want anything to distract from my uh, razor precision to comedy. But it, that's yeah. not possible. You're so razor sharp that even if you yeah. watch tennis at the same time, well, ask me what the fine. secret of a good comedian is. What's the secret? Timing. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> it's great to be here. It's great to do that joke, great to ladies be and germs. Here. I don't have to call you ladies and germ. I don't have to call you. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who you are. Those are the actual lines. Well, i got to ask you, because you've been here all week, because I, 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 I just got back into town Wednesday. Yeah. So I, you've been here all week, though, Tuesday. Since Tuesday, since yeah. Since Tuesday. That's wow. pretty yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, I love I love. I mean, this is the greatest, it remains the greatest club. It is. There's no question. Did your buddy come back again this year? Who's that? The guy in the front row where I had to look at the guy and say, don't do that. Oh, Remember that guy? Yeah, no, no, I don't haven't seen. I've had no trouble. <laughs> only trouble this week was uh, just these people were so drunk, but they were good spirited drunk people. Mm. You know, once people get drunk, they don't know that they shouldn't have done it. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, well, that's true. And You're there's the one guy right in the row was like, "Come on!" Yeah, he was in charge of them. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Yeah, that's. that's and a then great after deal. the show, oh, sorry, sorry, I called Jenny. The people don't. People don't heckle as much as they used to, though, do they? No. Especially like at Acme, they don't. No, at Acme, I don't. I, yeah. Well, that was the only heckler I ever saw. I, mean, I blame that on you. So, you know, that was <laughs> I, bring out, I bring out a negative side. People just want to scream at me. For some reason, they get really mad at you about oh. the, uh, the, what's the thing you were holding up again? Red Bull. It's Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. Worst stuff ever made I know in history. It is. But people do not like you making fun of Red Bull. Oh, Super I think it's, popular. <laughs> I so. think it's. Uh, I got a call from their corporate offices and said, "Watch it, buddy, bow in." <laughs> <laughs> is that how they talk in India? Well, what they're saying is that look, I say, you know, if you uh, play cards right, and you can have a case of the uh, horrible tasting liquid. Willing <laughs> <laughs> to do that? It, how, does it have a ton of caffeine in it, or what? Oh is yeah, it? Well, it has it has caffeine and taurine, and yep. whatever is in it works. And I like it when I'm performing, but you can't. But if you want to do a second can, that's when it's open. You know, it's Katie bar the door. Katie bar the door at that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just mentioned taurine, and I was told when I was much younger, don't ever drink anything with taurine in it because he claimed it was bull sperm. Yeah, that's what people used to say. That's yeah, they did absolutely. But what it is, I certainly hope it isn't. And then if it is, <laughs> if it is, yeah, is that exactly. is that so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Is it wrong if that didn't dissuade me? Well, I, I'm I taking several no. bull sperm items right now. Are you? Yeah, eye, cr eye cream. Eye bull cream. sperm eye cream. Bull sperm eye cream. It's now we're talking. <laughs> it's just an amino acid. Can you What's imagine so, if your life was taken up by extracting bull sperm? There um, are people whose that's their job. They gotta they and, gotta get it. Or horses. Yep. It, or cows. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. How much does it pay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. As a city boy, I do remember going up to my, my aunt and uncle's farm, about 125 miles northwest of here, and they had to, they, they had the, uh, what do they call the, the vet, but they're, are they something other than vets when they do the, the stock and all? I don't know. I don't know. But I had never seen this before. A furrier? I don't know what the hell. No, he's not a farrier. It, it was a doctor <laughs> checking out the health of some cow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm from the city, so I don't know anything about checking on the health of cows. 
And as I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to him, this guy's putting on this plastic glove, goes all the way up to yep. his shoulder. Ooh. The plastic glove is all the way up his shoulder. And he's talking to me, he goes, yeah, so anyway, Tom, when I was telling him, he puts his <laughs> arm up the cow's rectum. Oh. Yep. Apparently, he was. what do they check for? It was like prostate cancer. Maybe the, that was just he, it was just him doing that. Yeah, it wasn't even a doctor. <laughs> this was his thing. I worked with the circus, and There's, that was his bit. <laughs> what? And give up show business? Uh, I gross. just for a city kid, that was a weird thing, though. I think it's even no weird, matter where you're from, yeah, you don't want to see thing, that. No matter where you're from. So since it's the cows are females, aren't they? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, bulls are male. Bulls are male. So he wouldn't be checking their prostate. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it, it might have been artificially inseminating them. Oh, or... you know what? I that's, think that's right. Up that's someone's they do. backside? They... Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't you're really... a city boy. You don't really know which opening is which one. <laughs> yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I got no idea about openings. <clears throat> this sounds like the worst... Uh, Edition uh, of City Slickers. <laughs> City Slickers 4. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal sticks My cow's his hand name up is her... Norman. He's a bull. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Billy Crystal. Where the hell did he go? Now, he comes into town about once a year, not in the. He's, he seems to be an angry guy, I think, in many ways. Why? Um, I don't think career. there's any reason why he should be, but he it happens to be like an unpleasant uh, guy. See, every time there's I a lot of those. Yeah, Let me, you, he's been nice to you? He's always been Let nice. Let me finish. He's exactly the kind of guy who makes this business go right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know. Do you think it's just, I don't know, the, my demeanor or something? Pe people generally are nice to me. Well, even nobody's like so, unless you're like uh, Dennis Miller or Trump, nobody's so well, mean Miller. all the time that they can't possibly uh, be nice. There are some of those There people. are some. There are few and far between, though. Who is another one? Um, well, that... Colin, whatever guy. Oh, Colin. What the hell? Colin Kane? Colin Kane, yeah. yeah, he was a. I mean, he could have just been, I don't know. Who's Colin Kane? Might have had a recent stroke or something. He used to we don't be a really stand up know. guy, but you don't hear his name anymore because he's such a prick. <laughs> yep. I just heard his name the other day, though. Is he a Minneapolis thing? No. Oh. no. Colin Kane hmm. is. Let me write it down. Well, Maybe I Brandon, you, you should know. It's your business. I know of him, but I, yeah, you know, I don't know anything about him. He's no. never been you know, he's never been an Acme. Well, then there's I these right wing guys like Steven Crowder or something. Who? That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's much. right. Steven Crowder. Oh, yeah, Ricky Gervais. He's another one who's just yeah, he's unhappy yeah, all he's the time. time. He's always yeah. unhappy. That's very, very there's a lot of There's a lot of them out there, but I think uh, with Ricky, he wasn't always that way. But then he got that way. But by yeah, then he was true. so big that it didn't matter. But if you start out that way, I don't think you're going to make oh, it. Oh, I think it matters. I think a lot of people can't stand him. Yeah? So he, yeah. hates, he hates Muslims so much. He, he hates, hates everything. He hates uh, Ricky Gervais. He hates Muslims? He hates, well, all, he hates all religions. Yeah, he's super duper atheist. So any religion, he he thinks you're a moron. And then he, he so he rubs elbows with a lot of these right wing all right, not all right, but he doesn't know that he does because because he hates just... the right wing too. But he also hates religion, so it's like yeah, but he, he doesn't have any friends anywhere. Really. But he's still, but he, but these people that he's gravitating to, he'll get brushed up against the right wing because he's saying something that they like, right? Mm -hmm. And then which he doesn't is, realize what he's saying. Which is what? What, what does he say? Okay, for example, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was saying. Oh, this guy, uh, he's uh, this right, right wing, uh, whoever his name is, Andy NGO, and he got milkshakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I there was a, and the, out. Uh, that's what he was coming But there was this, all this rumor based on a rumor that someone told the Portland police that they were putting cement in it. There was never any no. proof of anything. But anyway, because he's in England, he doesn't know that 
uh, yeah, whatever you want to say about Antifa, it's not like white, you know, that's not the big problem, like white supremacy. And so he's weighing in on these things where there's so much more. You think it, there's a big problem with white supremacy? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Violence from it. Uh, well, like uh, Andre Brevik in Norway who killed all those people. And, That's uh, in Norway, though. And people going. Who cares about taking money? Yeah. <laughs> about the guy in the, You're not dumping it on me, Buster. How about the guy in the when, in the church in the what was it Charlotte? Christ Church. Oh, yeah, we walked oh, in yeah. and shot everybody. And he's a white, white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I Timothy McVeigh was a white supremacist. I mean, yeah, he was too. Call, yeah, he was. No, he was. That. He was absolutely. But because he's weighing in on these things ignorantly in a way, and then he'll never admit that he makes a mistake. No, he doesn't. No, he never. He Who, never Gervais? admits it. Gervais never yeah, admits no, it. He, yeah, no, he. So won't. then he starts to go. Well, I object to violence on either side. Yeah, but that's not the point. You you dove into something that you bought oh, the yeah. framing of. Yeah. And now you've lost. But he's just. Do you know that he lurk? He literally lurks. And finds out every negative comment. Yep. Oh, Everybody does he really? Like, oh, like he's one of those people. Saying at Ricky Gervais. Don't yep. do that, Ricky. Uh, That's a not, bad idea. Well, some I, people are just they get off on being mad. And no, he's absolutely. one of those people. No, that's true. He he loves being mad. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and by the way, Joe from Louisville just texted me and said, Jeremy Piven's the biggest prick you've ever met. Ah! <laughs> I, that, I can't see how that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I worked with him. What I a horrible on, human uh, being. Uh, on, when he, uh, I did an episode of Ellen, and he was on there. Oh, you know, so really? so obnoxious. Mm. There was like this thing where he was cha- uh, like... I was it, was, it was, Ellen goes to rock and roll fantasy camp, so I was playing a yeah. rabbinical uh, person. He had you as a Jew, how'd that fit? <laughs> how'd it go? But I played guitar. So he kept changing the name of the band, and he says to one of the writers, he goes, Yeah, I'm changing, I'm trying to come up with different things, because I thought we'd do the comedy here. Oh, That's what he God. says to one of the oh, writers. Oh, God. Oh. And then there's supposed to be a lot of sexual harassment things with him. You know what he uh, did to me? Uh, he's sitting in the Studio B there over at KQRS, and. Uh, He's got a. He's got the opener with him. What is he playing? Uh, he was playing Rick Bronson. Yeah, yeah, he was playing Rick Bronson's house comedy. Um, but he had his opening act with him, so I'm not going to ignore the opening. You brought him, so I'm not going to ignore the guy, right. right? So I'm talking to him. I'm asking these questions, and all of a sudden, Jeremy Piven says to me, "Why are you talking to him? I'm Jeremy Piven." Oh like, my oh god! god. Can you say like I'm the talent? Or I'm something? the talent. That's what he said. I would have yeah. said. I would have said who. Who? Jeremy who? Oh, oh, you're here for the, you're delivering the pizza, right? He's done now, though, isn't he? I mean, he's... He's so he's, terrible. He, he's he, done. he lied about that, you know, when he wanted to get out of that play. Oh, yeah. Mercury yeah. poisoning. Oh, yeah. He lied about having mercury poisoning? Well, he, he, he said he got it from eating sushi. <laughs> that, I mean, I guess if you eat, like, 50 pounds of sushi right, a day. Right, so his story was very, very faulty, but he just wanted to get out of the play. To people in your business and you know all the people in New York and Hollywood and all the rest of it, are they kind of glad these guys are being weeded out? I, I would hope so. I think so. I mean, I, I hated that guy uh, Weinstein years ago. Uh, what's his name? Harvey. Harvey. Because yeah, he was just a God. Jerk. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> Don't tell Josh. Don't tell Josh. He's J E W. I love that kid. I've known him since he was 15 years that old. That is unbelievable, man. When I see the footage of him, it's phenomenal. Back then, so great. He's as good as it gets. <laughs> what about me then? Well, no, you are the supreme <laughs> being oh, okay. of all comedy. I am the this the stir that stirs the drink. Something the stir. <laughs> The Isn't stir. that what Reggie Jackson was? He was the, straw. Yes, he was. The straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, now, now, of course, straws are clogging up the seats. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got a great metal 
straw story for you when we come back. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm true. Ready for it. We'll be right back with the family. Andy Kindler, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, tomorrow night at Acme. Wait, have, we been, have we been on the whole time? Yes. Laugh it up. Could you hear me? Yeah. 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 You were great. <laughs> you're, lo- you're joking with me now. No, we're still on. This is the first time I've ever not known I was on the radio. I thought we were waiting for something. Did you just oh. come back? How long have we been on? <laughs> What's the matter with? I gotta go to a doctor from here. No, you're I, fine. I, uh, oh, you I'm, I'm back here. Job. I'm back here like I'm a like I'm a method. Uh, yeah, I don't use the mic like that, man. <laughs> so, if you can't find where if you can't find where I'm putting out the vocals, that's your bad. And if, and if you didn't know you were on, and if any of those people we were just talking about, just, oh my God, just tell them that was Tom doing an impression of me. Because I don't give a rat's ass what they think. Were we talking about Jeremy Piven and uh, yes. on the air? Yes. Oh, okay. oh, he's the biggest prick ever born. <laughs> Who cares what well, he thinks? It puts his career's over anyway. Oh my God! You're fine. Oh, okay, man. one time, he, my my favorite story with him was that uh, I met him. Uh, okay, uh, we'll come back and do that because we okay. got to think. About I it. can't understand what you're doing here. Jesuit, the boy, will stop those numbers. Fifteen, fifteen, and fifteen. And oh. Okay, all right, I got it now for sure. I'll stop that. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Hi, it's Tom. After achieving my goal of losing 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the amazing staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I'd like to encourage you to let Nutramost help you shed those unwanted pounds, too. Besides eating fresh foods, another one of the reasons that the Nutramost weight loss plan works so well is the one-on-one coaching that you receive. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, how long have you been trying to lose weight on your own without the help of a coach? When you have someone keeping you accountable, it makes achieving your goal so much easier. Make a commitment to your health and let Nutramost help you with your weight loss journey. I encourage you to schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Call now, 763-333-7337. Are we back? Rickroll, baby. Yeah. We're back with Rickroll. Rickroll. <laughs> <laughs> what is that song? This one? This, I'm not going to no, give you And you've given me a mic thing that has no sound in it. Whatever. Am I not even hooked up? 
Oh, are your headphones on? I have. I've headphones that aren't even connected yes, to the studio. There, they're on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rick Astley. Yeah. I used to uh, tour with him. You know how, how what a bitch it is for me to hit notes like that? <laughs> oh, well, he. I don't think he did a good job of me. Oh, I, lo- I love that song. I love it. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> I used to love Very Spandau Ballet. Remember them? Spandau yes. Ballet. Sure. Uh, with a pill on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> my These are the sound. Brandon, you should call an ambulance, I think. No, I, no, have you now. heard my vibrato? <laughs> uh, thinking about that all night long. These are the sounds of the <laughs> I got a ticket to the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should save some of this. I should. Well, I used to love the bands that were being, uh, you know, they all of a sudden sounded British. The, you know, like, oh, yes, yeah. I was working as a waitress in a topless bar. <laughs> <laughs> that much was true. Don't, don't you want me? <laughs> oh, my God. This has been the weirdest, literally the weirdest experience <laughs> in my life. I swear to God, never in my life. Have I gone for 15 minutes? Not knowing. Totally not censoring anything in my mind. But and, you didn't do anything wrong. Well, so that's, that's the good. thing. It's amazing. <laughs> I would have probably said, okay, we get that out. Yeah, because I'm an OCD guy, and it could have been terrible because no, OCD no, no. people overshare. But you know what? I knew that this was your plan all along. All along. <laughs> yeah, years ago, years when you liked you. my uh, mom's Jewish impression. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then you How said, are the fajitas? It hooked me for life. How are the fajitas? And, then, and this is how it goes down. The final prank. The final Andy prank. Kindler's career was who's like I mean he was like Arthur Godfrey. He was, until yes. they saw. There's a current reference right there. Does anybody know what Arthur Godfrey did? Yes. No. He was a talk show. Right, but do you know how he lost his uh how he I think his career went downhill. It did. Yeah, because but I don't know why. He was saying uh uh he started to chew out well, there's two stories. He started to chew out his singer because he was taking another gig or something and just and he had such a great uh, reputation right. that it, uh, people had never seen that side to him before. So they thought he would never get angry? I, I well, no, no, he was, but he was really angry. Arthur Garfrey was like... Was he like Tom angry? No, but I think he was like... A, <laughs> no. no, 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 he was he, but he was like, no, he's like facing the crowd. Facing the crowd, that oh, outlander yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. I wish I had any facts at all that I could pull up. You have tons of facts. I do, but there's stuff somewhere down... Below the Grateful Dead concert I saw in 1977. Is that true? Well, no, no. I, I think I have. I, I think I have all my marbles. I just don't have enough of them to begin with. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've all we've talked about that many times, though. Over the years. My marbles? No, mine too. <laughs> our, our collective marbles. No, we're both people who look. I've not gotten. I've got not gotten. Uh, I haven't thrown anybody out of a window, but I have never had an, an office on a high floor. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes, and it was my favorite year. I think it was when, <laughs> when we go up to uh, 
Sid Caesar is then he's gonna he just takes his hat and coat and throws it out the fiftieth story window. <laughs> well, he and he was supposedly like it would just grab people by the lapels. Oh, Sid Caesar. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. He he would get a little. Well, you know, he's Italian. What do you think was gonna happen? I can't believe. See, I think I thought he was Jewish. He was Jewish. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he had, he was during the years where you had to, people would take these uh, Roman names. See, I just thought of that. I don't want anyone knowing I'm a Jew. I'll take an Italian name. Right. What? <laughs> well, the most recent immigrants to the country. Let's take that name. Well, the one I'm fascinated with was John Johnny Cougar, and then he changed his name to Mellencamp because yeah. he said like oh, I can't couldn't take the fakeness. Who told him to pick Cougar? There's a big. <laughs> there's a lot of names between Cougar and the horrible Mellencamp sound. Could have been Johnny Panther. Johnny Panther. Johnny Tiger. I like Johnny Tiger. <laughs> let me think of. Let me think that. Now, uh, people do make odd. Do, look, did they force the name Johnny Cougar on him at the record label? Did they say you can't be John Mellencamp. You have to be Johnny Cougar. They might have. They know, but here's what I think. I think they said you're going to be Johnny Cougar, but he could have resisted that part of it. He was like, look, okay, I'm okay. We all agree that Mellencamp not happening. But do we have? Do I have to be a horrible Cougar? Yeah, because they're not friendly animals. <laughs> right. I think you're too. This is before they had cougar, lady cougars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, it is before they had lady cougars. You're no, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So he actually, you know, I, I take it back. He should have stuck with Johnny Cougar. Nah, Mellencamp's not a good move. I don't know the songs and the the people living in the houses and the chili dogs and the the tasty freeze. He lost me at some point. He did. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Tony DeFreeze, DeFries, his manager. He said Mellencamp was too hard to market, so you're Johnny Cougar now. So you're Johnny Cougar now. Now what kind of how, what kind of that way is for a manager? Is it a manager? Uh, yes. I think so. He also yeah. managed David Bowie. So oh, he did. And, well, you know my name, my birth name. I changed my name because it, my my uh, my birth name was too Jewish. What? My birth name was Tony Curtis. Oh, see. <laughs> I, I Wipe told, out! I told him to go with Bernard Schwartz, but he wouldn't listen uh, to Ah, Bernie me. Schwartz. Bernie Schwartz, his real name. Every Jew. That's why I thought it was incredible that uh, uh, Greenbaum, who's the guy who wrote uh, Spirit in the Sky? Norman Greenbaum. Yeah, he wouldn't change his name. He's only Jew in show business. And he sings a song yeah, about yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, why can't I get? A, why can't Norman Greenbaum get a meeting? I wrote "Spirit in the Sky." Spirit in the Sky. Change Norman. Change your name. You know what's really funny about that? True story. I worked when that song came out. I was working in radio, and the program director was a nice Jewish boy, and he said, "You can play that song, but you can't say who sings it." <laughs> He wouldn't let us say Norman Greenbaum. Oh my God! Oh, that's 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 going back. It Actually, going, going back, back yeah. is even worse because then we were like uh, the Pharaoh was. I used that's one of my first back. jokes was uh, the Jews talk about Hitler because we can't remember that much about the Pharaoh. <laughs> Did anybody get it? No, they didn't. But I was proud. <laughs> I was proud that this was back from 1989. I was like, I didn't think I had any funny jokes. When I first started, and that's not a bad job. No, but that's when you did that. That recorded that stand-up was about 1989. Uh, maybe, it? maybe I'm. May, uh, you know, you're right. So I'm talking about more like 85, 86. 85, 86. Yes. When, when, when did the original? Where, what, where were you when they, when you did recorded that first special? Uh, that was in Tempe, Arizona, the uh, HBO Young Comedian special. And the, and the, but the I also was... did Evening at the Improvs and that kind of stuff. 
well, the, what the, because I remember Doug Dixon, my friend, said you would love this guy. So this is one with I the is Baltimore Strick Garden. Was it that that whole role? It was round up the Jews. Yeah, that, that was, was like yeah. It was yeah exactly. Yeah, like uh, I'm not getting on that train. It's not yeah. He's going to Baltimore. Baltimore Stuttgart. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland. We Venus Broughton. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Well, you but you broached subjects I'd never heard anybody talk about before. Well, that I mean I don't want to say that I'm a pioneer, but I like when you say it. No, but I know I know what you mean though. I mean like I and when I first started I, I loved it. I, I didn't think I was gonna talk about I thought I'd talk about being Jewish and then like let it go, but I just got more and more into it. <laughs> but but just your was it your aunt or your mother that went California? And no, that's my mother. That's it's your my mother, mother <laughs> but it's uh, I my mother but it's all it's not her voice, it's people from Queens. So she, it's like she got off the the thing is she got off of the plane. With a, to one of those tour guide books, she goes, Andy, uh, did you know that San Francisco was the fifth largest textile manufacturer in the early 20s? <laughs> Andy, do you know about the Spanish explorers and the Franciscan monks? Andy, I want to visit Sausalito. <laughs> Sausalito, a small fishing village north of the Golden Gate Bridge nestled in lovely Marin County. <laughs> but that was but the actual line was an actual line that my mother said at the restaurant. It was a, just a non sequitur. She looks at the menu. She goes, "Andy, you live in California. How are the fajitas?" Now <laughs> 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 uh, that joke's been around for thirty years. Yeah, I think so. It's like thirty uh, years. I think it was even in Doctor Katz. It's it's you know? still funny as hell. Man. Oh, I I I, I you know. It, I just love that combination of the people from Queens and my mom. Because everything I say that she said, she said, like, she just wants to say, hey, Z, you're a bartender. Fix your Uncle Sandy a scotch and soda. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how do you make that, Andy? Scotch and soda. Very nice. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. It makes me feel good inside when I do it. Made me feel good inside watching it. It's hilarious. God, I cannot believe that was 30 years ago. I have decided that uh, there is no time where time is. We're all in the mo- now. Irrelevant. No, I, I I cannot believe how much I cannot, and I, I can't remember. It's not like I forgot everything, but I do re- don't have forgotten things. I mean, yeah. I can bring them back in my mind, but they, I mean, there was a time in my life where I could remember my whole life. You know, like when you're a kid, yeah, yeah, every sure. year yeah. seemed like a forty-five years, and then it's just like I was on the road. And now here I am in the studio with the family. You See, know what I mean? Well, I've never been able to remember 90% of what happened before I turned like 15 for some reason. So, hey. I can't remember anything. It's like well, my dad's favorite example is Washington, D.C. I remember like nothing about going there. Goes to wow. Washington, D.C. and doesn't remember being there. Yeah. I, and I, See, I remember that was one of my first trips. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, I went with my uh, school, the school kids to Washington, D.C. It's the amazing part of that, 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 to me, is that you don't remember that guy dra- grabbing your arm on the street. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I don't remember basically anything except for the Vietnam Memorial. I remember that. Yeah. I cried when I went to the Vietnam uh, Memorial. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. It's unbelievable. I think it's the best memorial I've ever seen. I saw four guys that I grew up with on that wall. It was just, mm. man, that was tough. And that it's it's to sculpt. It's, it's just built in a way that as you yeah. go down into it. Yeah. It's very it's stark. Just, oh. Did you see the silent drill team? Over at 8th and I, that's where we were. We inside the Marine Corps oh, on the drill team. I don't remember that. I don't remember oh, it was that. unbelievable. But why did you get your arm? Maybe he blocked it out because it was traumatic. 
this guy. Well, first of all, we left the the, the barracks where they they did the silent drill team. I get out and nobody had told me that aren't any taxis coming in this neighborhood at night. Not anymore. Oh. The, the neighborhood has changed now somewhat from what I hear. I don't know what the situation, but the guy literally said. Down that way, about five blocks is a subway. That's the only way you're getting out of here. But I'm telling you, you're going to walk through the worst part of the neighborhood. And I said, ah, whatever. So I'm talking to Catherine and saying, okay, you get up against the building, and then Alex, and then Andy, and I'll be on the outside and behind you, so I'll be able to see if anybody comes here. My wife says, nah, I don't want to do this. So I'm arguing with her. I turn around. This guy's got Andy by the arm saying, give me some money. Oh. Right? So I had to walk up. He doesn't remember this. Nope. I had to walk up to the guy and put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, you have three seconds, and then I'm going to kill you. Wow. And so I, we counted it down, and all of a sudden he just he dro- he let go of his arm, but he dropped his hat. I do remember that. And he bent over to pick it up, and he just left. Oh. How could you not remember that? Because it's traumatic. It is <laughs> yeah. traumatic. That's why. It, it was traumatic, maybe. I suppose, yeah. And maybe that happened every year until you were 15. We <laughs> <laughs> brought you to some other crazy every place. Year. Hey, I wouldn't walk if that were you, sir, but bring your whole family and go five blocks that way. <laughs> yes, get the hell out of here. We don't need you around. I here. see a lawsuit. Lawsuit. Uh-oh. The therapy. <laughs> Ooh, therapy. That'd be good. I'm in therapy for the last two years. First time. The well, oldest you, you Jew and I talk, you and to I enter talked therapy. about that, though. Prozac, very nice. That was actually a very <laughs> sweet moment because you had lost someone, and, and last oh, time yeah. I saw you, and you gave me a big hug, and it was a, a very sweet thing. Um, yeah, really. Well, it was. I, I, it's, so, it's so weird that when you do lo- lose someone in your life, you, your whole perspective changes. Oh, God, yes. But I have, uh, do have a bad habit now of uh, making inappropriate jokes. Not you. Well, I got this joke. I this joke makes me laugh so hard that I wrote. But nobody, you have to get the original joke it was based on, and then you have to get that it seems inappropriate. So, the joke is my mother turned to me at my father's what? Uh, my mother turned to me at my father's funeral, and she said, "Andy, I have to, but you." <laughs> <laughs> now you have to know the joke that's based on, which Tom knows the joke yes. is based on. Is the guy who comes home. And finds his best friend in bed with his wife, and he goes, "Harry, I have to, but you." <laughs> so I take that and put it in a more inappropriate setting. <laughs> yeah, it's making it even more inappropriate. Yeah. I think that's it got Kindler written all over it. I just think it's like you know, I never thought I would lose any. I was just so lucky. I know, I know. I, I, I and I just one of those blessed lives. So I thought. If it ever does happen, I, I will, you know, I'll probably, you know, run off the face of the earth. But but you didn't. I survived it. It's a good thing. And Excellent. I'm back, folks. And I want you to buy my new book called You. Why not? <laughs> you why not? Twelve <laughs> steps. Twelve steps <laughs> to making. I think no. somebody already wrote that. Oh, one. ten steps. Ten. Steps. My new ten yeah. steps. No, no, ten commandments. That's been done. Okay. Too. My new eight-step program. Right. Are you tired of the Ten Commandments? Do <laughs> <laughs> the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous? Is that four steps too many? Well, Andy Kindler's eight steps. My eight steps to success includes the five stages of grief, though, unfortunately. Yes. there's quite a lot of that. Tonight, tomorrow night, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, two shows, Acme Comedy Company. That's always a great joy to see you, my this friend. This was so much fun. I enjoyed yesterday. I enjoyed today. And I don't know. It's like uh, it's just like uh, I'm cavelling. He's cavelling, ladies and gentlemen. One person in this room knew what you were talking about. Well, there's a lot of, uh, and that person's taking notes to report back to the government. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you.